Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's up, Facebook? Hope you you guys are all having a blessed day. I'm really excited. We have some special guests in the house today. We're going to be doing another behind the scenes for recording for Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. What that means is wherever you listen to your podcast episodes, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You'll get the newest notification every single Monday. And then after listening to a few episodes, leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love and support as always. And because we are doing this raw edition for you guys, on Facebook here. Make sure you guys are interacting with us. You guys know Facebook's algorithms. Get the thumbs going up like crazy. Do the little hearts all day. And if it's a bad day, a little sad face. But put in the comments below where you guys are coming in from and what you guys are most excited about in real estate right now. If you guys are doing wholesaling, we're going to be covering how to really make the most out of your appointments and even be able to get everything kind of covered to take care of bring in additional income to take care of your ad spend. So some powerful stuff we're going to go over, but really excited. So share this out. You know, sharing is caring. Share this out. Tag somebody in it that needs to see it. Friends, family, significant other, business partner, whatever it may be. This is going to be next level stuff. And put in the comments below if you have any questions for Jason or Mike or myself, and we'll get back to you at the very end. All right, boys, you ready? Let's go. Let's go. I'm excited. I said, go, let's go. (laughs) All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We got two legends in the game. They've been doing it for years now. But what's really cool is they're in the Boston market. I met them in the boardroom mastermind group that we're all a part of for real estate mostly. But obviously, when we're in there, we're talking about credit. Needless to say, these guys are gangsters with what they're doing. They got they really focus on wholesaling, but they really make the most out of all of their deals. So what we're going to cover today is never leaving like an appointment go to waste, really making the most out of every single appointment. The ad spend that you're putting to be able to get people to call you and, and want to book that appointment, might as well make the most out of it. So these guys are doing some creative stuff to be able to bring in extra income to be able to cover the ads. And they got a 70 you know, units in total that is bringing in some great cash flow. They're doing some retail methods at the end and and so much more in between. So the partnership, I believe, has been for about four years now. Yep. Yeah. But without further ado, Jason, Mike, what is happening, boys? How are we doing today? Awesome. We're happy to be here. Yes. Let's go. So let's kind of just cover like the little intro. Anybody out there that doesn't know who you guys are, where you guys from, what you guys are up to, do you mind just diving in that 30,000 foot view? Jason, you could go first and then, and then Mike dive in after. Absolutely. So I got started in real estate way, way back around 2001. I'm right outside of Boston. So I know, uh, you know we're a national podcast, so don't mind the Boston accent here. All right. But <laughs> we love uh, it. <laughs> Anyways, I, my family ran a pizza place on Revere Beach, which is the first public beach in America. It's right outside Boston, Mass. I'm working 
sweating like you wouldn't believe during the summers. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. And I literally got involved and started in real estate because I wanted to be able to go out after work and hang out with girls and friends and stuff like that. I yeah. wasn't like, oh, this is going to be a great career or anything. I'm just like, can I get a job where I don't stick like pizza? And yeah. I mean, as simple as that. So I got my license, you know, a local Century 21 real estate office in my town and just started doing brokerage. And I fell into my first investment deal relatively quickly. It was what we call a house hack type of a deal. Yep. And it was a pizza delivery driver who was no like, kidding. hey, I, you want to buy a house? So I'm like, sure. So I got involved brokerage and investment in my first year. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. And then it comes in later. But funny story about that and maybe a tip of not what to do, but I was about to close on that deal. And if you remember 2001, literally the week of my closing was the September 11th tragedy. So oh, wow. I freaking out. And literally, I was like, I can back out. I should back out. I'm not you're nervous. My first, first one ever. Wow. And a lot of people I think would have, but I was like, I pushed forward and I'm like, I'm just going to do it. What can I'm going to do it. Yeah. I did it. One of the best things I ever did. Fast forward about eight months later, house hacked that house, got my first big rip was like $80,000. I'm like, this is great. And <laughs> I did to go on vacation for three months, buy a Corvette. So what not to do? What not to do? But that's how I got started. That's what you did originally? I did that. And I can tell you right now, it's not, I had a blast. It was fun. Yeah. I, you know, knowing what I know now, absolutely would double down and, you know, but. It's a good story though. I do like that. You know, the first thing when you were mentioning you're working in the pizza place and that you just wanted something bigger and better, you wanted something more. I naturally thought of like Scarface, like coming as a refugee, like coming over and, and thinking like, man, I quit. You know, it's, it's so funny. But Mike, tell me about your situation. Did you buy the Ferrari as well or the Corvette and, and get out there and do some crazy stuff or what? Well, unfortunately, my story is not as exciting as it is Jaden's. Uh, Jason got my license for real estate selling and buying houses. I think it was like 2013, 14, but I didn't really like do anything in the beginning, but I kind of fell into it and I ended up buying a two family. It's around 2010 and I almost bought a condo, but I kind of fell into buying a two family because I love the idea about the rental coming in. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I was like 23 years old. I'm like, you know, I'll have money that helped me pay the mortgage. I mean, little did I know that that was like the best thing that I ever could have done because the equity and leverage I created from that is just, it's, it's crazy. And I use that as a tool to kind of get started. So like my big push for everybody in the beginning anyway, is find a way to, you know, tap into some kind of funds, whether it's FHA or, or credit cards or anything yep. that you can do to get yourself into your first multifamily property to start like your initial portfolio to kind of grow your business. So that's kind of how it stemmed a little bit. And also in the meantime, beginning being a real estate agent, I worked full-time in the deal in Concord, Massachusetts. And, you know, I had a painting company full-time and I started buying multifamilies right there. So, you know, in that whole meantime, I was able to, you know, kind of see the big picture a little bit slower. And I ended up, you know, seeing the equity grow in the multifamily. And then I borrowed off the multifamily to get into my first flip. One thing led to the next. I connected the dots with the right people. Me and Jason hooked up four or five years ago, and we just kind of put our minds together. And, you know, a little later, we're flipping over 10 houses a year. The Boston yeah. market 
some pretty big, big margins with that. Yeah. And we're in cruise control now. Like you said before, we joined the boardroom. That's where we hooked up. And, you know, it's just like a bunch of great like-minded minds kind of just getting it in, you know? I love it. I want to hear about that first deal, just the numbers for a second. But, you know, you mentioned multifamily and recommending people just getting started to dive into some multifamily. I, I know that you guys have some big doors right now and you're starting to compound that and kind of like double and double into those, which is amazing. So we can talk about that in the coming minutes. But talk to me, do you recommend somebody just getting started to go for more like residential multifamily or or like bigger multifamily? Obviously, the name of the game that you were kind of referring to is really just leveraging, like leverage, get into something and try to get the FHA, get the, you know, use credit, use whatever to have little down, get your feet in there. And then if you're in the right markets and you're buying in good locations, the appreciation will take care of you. The cash flow will take care of you like it has for you over the years. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I totally agree with that method of, uh, you know, trying to put as, as least money down as possible. It's so scary and daunting to take that first step. Like yeah. tenants, uh, you know, I don't know who to call to do this. Like, it's like, it's like you're almost in panic mode, but like you need to take that initial step to get there, right? So, oh, and, yeah. and then as you do it, you learn from other people and, you know, you, you take in from plumbers and all your subs you need and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of like growing pains. And then eventually you just get a good feel for, you know, how to do the next one. So the initial step's the toughest. But, you know, once you take a leap, I mean, you're in the battle. So, yeah. you know, only up from there, but you get, you know, you're not going to give up, right? Do you guys think residential multifamily would be beneficial or like starting somewhere or kind of just jump into the big leagues? Yeah, definitely residential because you can use the owner-occupied loans available to yes. get in with a very small amount of money. And I'll give you an example on my first one, right? We have what's called ADUs and laws. Yeah. So... Even though it was a single family, it had an additional unit. Yep. But on my first one, the way that worked, I was able to get in for little, little or no money. Back to, at the time, they had a different product that's, I don't know if it's available now, but it was called a Nina. And I didn't need to actually prove my income or my assets. Yeah. So being young and working for the family pizza place, you know how that is. You're getting, so anyway, I was able to buy that first house. It was cash flowing when I bought it because it was rented out. Even though I bought it as an owner-occupied, my plan was to move in, but that actually really never happened. I was able to keep that for about a year. It cash flowed, paid all the bills, it grew in equity. And then, so I was making a little cash flow through the time I owned it. And then the big payout when I sold it. So it was a really great stepping stone for sure. And I'm sure it's with Mike, right? Yeah, similar with me, like that that first two family, eventually I got the equity in it and I was able to do some flips off of it. But yeah. I found out one of my favorite things is a 1031 exchange because I <laughs> end up turning the two units into uh, 15 units. So the cash flow went immensely from that and everything kind of just spirals. But like you're not going to get anywhere unless you don't just punch it in and, and try to get into that first one. So, you know, I love offering guidance to anyone trying to get started. You know, there's a lot of people talk about it, but you know, the, those who act are the ones that succeed. Yeah, that's good. God, so many things to peel apart here. I feel like so good. You know, for the 1031 exchange, for example, any pros or cons that you kind of looking back at it that that you think you would have done differently, or somebody you know just about to do that, you know, actually they should keep in mind of. Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. 
if you have anything on that, and I'll add to it. Well, well there's the, the cons is this. You have to be ready to identify your next property in a certain time frame. Yeah. All right. You have to have a little bit of planning and execution for it to work, right? Sure. And the biggest pro is obviously the tax advantage is being able to roll the profit from one into another without having to pay taxes. So you can actually level up much quicker and faster by, by utilizing the 1031. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Instead of getting, you know, paying all the capital gains of, of that appreciation that just, you know, took place, you can just roll it over, pay it down the line and be able to take all that money instead of paying Uncle Sam and actually get something bigger and better. Yeah. Uh-huh. Never pay Uncle Sam. Just keep rolling it over, <laughs> increase the cash flow. I mean, that's the name of the game. And, it, you know, I was like, so I was hung up on the beginning of it. I was in the mindset of, okay, you know, I'll just pay this one off and I'll, you know, and, and I'll just collect, you know, three or four grand a month. But then I like, I look with the equity in it and I said, well, if I buy 15 units, it's going to be I'm nerve wracking. Yes. But then I'm going to probably be three times X that 4,000 coming in a month from oh, yeah. a family. So, I mean, going back, I mean, I used to take videos. Okay. This is the scenario of this. And this is the scenario of this. I'm just happy that I, I took that leap because you don't want to leave that much equity on the table. You want to keep pushing it as much as possible when you can. Yeah. Mike, do you remember that first deal, the numbers and how long you guys actually held on to your properties, that that first one before selling? That first one, I held on for a little bit, actually, because I used it as leverage for some flips that I did. I took a line of credit and even line of credit and actually doing the work. I used credit cards to just try to make do in the beginning, right? Because you're a smart man. That's why you're a yeah, smart well, man. You get points for it. You you know, I mean, it definitely can work in that sense. Like anyways, is a good way. So if, if yeah. you have a good just day, figure it out, oh, take action. Yeah, we, we figure it out. There's no choice. But I forget what I was saying. <laughs> well, what were the numbers on that first one? Oh, oh, OK. The numbers on the first one, like so I sold the two family for like 615. And I think I had like $315,000 worth of equity in the property at the time. Yeah. So I ended up buying a seven and an eight, which is 15 units. I believe it was between the two of them at the time, it was seven and 1.6. So I went from, you know, owning a two family to 15, sold it for 615 and bought this combo package for 1.6. And then I'm in my office right now. That's part of the package too. Um, So it was an amazing, amazing feeling, nerve wracking, the whole nine yards, but it, it creates more financial freedom in the end. Yeah, it's the first one's always amazing. But when you do so many damn deals and you got so many, you guys are looking at numbers every single day, it starts to become like, holy shit, which one are we talking about here? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's funny. So talk to me, guys, as a whole, what are you guys doing on the day to day basis? I know so, you have multiple streams outside of this yeah. as well to kind of loop it all in. So flat, uh, flash forward to when me and Mike started working together, yeah. we actually hooked up with one of the biggest, you know, fix and flip investors in the Boston area that also runs a brokerage and it's geared towards agent investors, right? So that's how we met. And at the time he was doing crazy marketing and he was having certain agents go out on the appointments for him. Mm. So that's how we started learning about marketing and direct to seller off market, right? Yeah. Out in the, and we were doing that. Mike was doing that. I was doing that. And then after a little bit of while of doing that, we were like, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we, we know we can close. We know we go on these appointments. Let's team up and let's do it. So we started doing that about four years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And basically 
we started off with an all-in-one package because we didn't really know what we know now. Obviously, you start growing, but we we said, hey, let's let's try to do something that we can almost guarantee success. And actually, the, the company is right in the boardroom as now they've, they've changed from when we started with them. They actually, you know, changed and grew. But we got our first deal from direct mail. I think it was within two to three months, right, Mike? Yeah, it was pretty quick. And it was like you said, it was an all in one. So we had the mail goes out. There's a there's a number on the mailing. The person calls the number. It goes to like what's called sales ninjas being like a full package. Sure. And we ended up getting our first flip, which was, uh, you know, I've done flips before that. But this, this one in particular was a total disaster. However, we did manage to come out of it and do OK. So that kind of just uh, fueled the fire a little bit and kind of got us saying, OK, this, this does work. But after so much time and joining different mentorships and talking to people, once we joined the boardroom, we realized that, okay, we need to kind of take this business in-house a little bit more and, you know, hire our own ISA, which is someone who makes calls for us and get an acquisition guy as well. So it kind of like, you know, being around the right people in the right rooms kind of expands our business. And I that's too, Brandon, because it's the power of just that those people to motivational people that drive you, you know, after you're done with a call or a meeting, you're like on fire. So it's like, you know, you know how it is. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's Kent has done a damn good job of getting some high level people in there. And yeah, I just got off a call with him a little bit ago and it's always like shake your damn neck type of thing. I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. He's pretty special in those huddles. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you're on the line. But like he got into it with someone who said they were going to take a break for a little bit. And by the end of him being done talking about that, he's like, I'm definitely not going to quit right now. I'm going after it right after this call. So he's Ken's pretty intense. So yeah. good break Shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. OK, so the main puppy, really, the main business here is going to be, again, some um, motivated leads that come in. So you guys do your own marketing at this point, get some hot leads, heavily discounted that you can wholesale. But the name of the game for you guys, because you guys are smart, is to try to, you know, let's put it in in some boxes of buying here and and ideally try to keep some. And then if not, you can't wholesale it and they want to get top dollar, whatever it may be, then you kind of keep it all in house by Jason. You have a brokerage that you can sell it on on the MLS, correct? Yeah. So I actually have a team still at the bro- the original brokerage, me and Mike uh, met at and we're met still it. here. Yep. And in our area, and in your area too is familiar, it's, it's a higher price point yeah. than some countries. So listings can be some good income. Yeah. So undoubtedly, when you start going on these appointments, you realize some of these sellers are really more towards a retail. And if we only had the investment option, if that's the only thing we did, we weren't licensed, we didn't have a brokerage, that was it. That would be it. You yeah. know, we have- You're leaving a lot on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, so, half on the table. Yeah. Half? So, wow. Yeah. But yeah. Dale's listings and they pay for the marketing. You know, that's our like our last point of attack before we can't lock in a deal is the listing road. Because obviously on the acquisition, like you can get some monster deals and we can get sure. into some of the after. But yeah, I mean, it's huge. It really has kind of fueled the marketing for us to kind of keep us like, oh my God, the, the account's low. Hold on, let's get a couple of listings to kind of juice it up a little bit. Yeah. But um. Oh, absolutely. So you guys are wholetailing, I'm sure as well, right? Yeah. Because that's the bread and butter. So anybody out there that doesn't know it, if it's some carpet paint, whatever, some light stuff, you can just re 
put it on the market right away, sell it and and be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've actually just like even cleaned out the house, like, cause it was just stuff everywhere. Just, just clean it out for five grand, put it on the market. If we get the price we're looking for, great. If not, which we haven't had that issue, we just, we pull it off and just do what we're going to do. But yeah, as least as possible is the best. But I mean, obviously sometimes you got to do, you got to get it done. Yeah. And then as far as wholesaling goes, how many are you guys typically getting rid of on a monthly basis? Well, you know, we're not doing a ton per month, but each one of our deals has really good profit in them. In yeah. fact, the last wholesale we did, it was over six figure, you know, hit. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, yeah. It's crazy to think about that. Like it, it almost doesn't seem real sometimes, but like yeah. when it hits out, you're like, that actually just happened. Yeah. We just made a hundred thousand dollars. Yes. Right. <laughs> like, like, people don't think like, I mean, there's a lot to it. Like, you know, because you're, you're paying so much for marketing. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a great hit. But if, you know, a lot of that's going to be potentially taxed or whatever, unfortunately. Yeah. And then we're going to pay for the marketing too. So, you know, we're blessed to get those ones, for but sure. they're, you're going to take the little ones and the big ones and then hopefully be in the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You got to realize that, you know, it takes a team. It's not just like you two, there's an army behind you guys. And it's also the KPIs, you know, it's so important to know your KPIs so that you can actually see where are we at on the marketing? You know, where are we with the budget? The 100K looks great, right? It looks amazing. And for the broke people, it's going to be like, wow, the main ticket, right? Until you realize like, oh shit, it cost me 90 something grand to get this thing together over the last couple of months. And it's like, whoa, that 100K isn't that much of a payout now. There's a lot of things that, you know, keep the boat moving forward. Talk to me about the KPIs for a second. Talk to me about the team in general. Because you guys are doing your own marketing or you still hire out certain services to be able to kind of automate. Jason, I'll let you take that one and I'll lean in and anything else. Yeah. So we're utilizing two channels of marketing right now. And we're going into our third, which we haven't started just yet. But nice. Direct mail is what we started with. And then we added text. Now, if I was starting now, I might have done, done it the other way around. Hmm. And there's reasons. I mean, obviously, the cost per lead right on much lower than direct mail. However, you're going to need a lot more of those leads to get a deal. So it's more time than money, right? And I think when when it comes to marketing and paid marketing in general, it's time versus money, right? And there's going to be a combination of both. And the third channel we're actually exploring and going into now is pay-per-click. So I can't really talk about that. But Mike, what is that? Right now, our cost per deal, it's higher than some parts of the country. But again, our profit per deal is much higher as well. Um, yeah. Wanna... Cost per deal is those deals probably close to 10 grand. On That's on the direct mail. However, our profit per deal is, is close to 50 per deal, you know, included like a couple 20s here and there and then a big, big one for 100. So, I mean, if you look at the total grand scheme of things, I mean, we're 5Xing the money pretty much on that sense. And that's that's great. I mean, we, we do that all day. So that kind of makes the model make sense. Yeah. The texting, you get a way more leads from it. But it's kind of like you have to have some more inside sales, hitting them, calling them. A lot of them aren't good leads. The mailing ones, when they're calling you because you sent them a card and they, they actually want to sell. With the texting, it's kind of like, blast and it, you know yeah i'll sell my house for but for 20 million you know what I yeah. mean? and once in a while you get a great uh, don't get me wrong 
I mean, we've gotten some crazy ones where, you know, right in the beginning, I'm like, oh my God, launch is amazing. That's what we use launch service. But then it, it kind of slowed down. And I think the truth is that, you know, the direct mail is probably the best avenue when you start to generate money. Yeah. And that might scare people originally because they say like 10K, oh God, you know, it depends on your market. It's because our markets are so high. You know, it is like 9,000, 10,000 out here for direct mail. That's just what it is to be able to get a deal. And it's not going to be like your first 10K. Like you might need to put out 20, 30, 40K, and then you start getting some, you know, the systems and processes to stay on those leads, the right CRMs, the right, you know, right people calling, setting the appointments, and then you have to have someone that can close them. I'm not trying to stress anyone out, but yeah. you know, it, you're like, whoa, whoa, I just want the deal. <laughs> yeah. But like, you have to have the fire in you, really. You have to just go into it. I think me and Jason kind of hooked up and it kind of helped a little bit because we both kind of already knew the game. Yeah. So it was kind of have each other a little bit to could you know to run things by each other and we still do that you know yeah. still yeah. question things like what are we doing <laughs> what yeah. are we doing what are we doing today yeah. how are we going to do this yeah, yeah. We started. We it out that's all yeah. yeah and when we started we both were like we're burning the ships we're putting yeah. this money in we're gonna burn it all we're either getting deals and we're gonna make money here yeah. or we went and gave it the best shot we possibly could Right. So, and that's why it's been so damn profitable and beneficial because you guys drew line in the sand right from the start and you realize, like, hey, we're committed to this. And, Mike, just like you mentioned, it's like everybody wants the end result, right? Like, everybody wants the muscles. Nobody's willing to hit the gym. You know, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why when people say, oh my God, you made 50 grand. You're like, you know what I've been doing to try yeah, to get you to son the- of a. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but that, that being said, that being said you come across an assignment deal, yeah. you can do that with little, little money and risk. Yeah. So, you know, so there's that too. I mean, obviously we do our fixed yeah. flips, as, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. And Jay's, I don't want to cut you off, but like, just like what Jay's was saying, like for anyone who's new, like you don't have to be the ones that are going to be doing the kind of marketing we did to start. We had the experience, so it helped a little bit, but there's so many other wholesalers out there that you can kind of, not have to spend the marketing to get there you know obviously it's better to source your own deal you know them you met them and you know you know where you stand right away but you don't have to go that route it's it's just an option that's good yeah so you know dive a little bit deeper with me on certain just the tech stuff that you have like the the technology the softwares that you guys are using the crm and then i want to talk about some of the players that are kind of managing certain roles Absolutely. So we use a CRM. It's the one that we were familiar with at our brokerage. So we just we're familiar with it. Let's keep on using it. It's called Follow Up Boss. Yep. And it's really good, I think, for teams. So since we have a team at this point, we'll get to that in a little bit. But Follow Up Boss is our CRM. We use a tech service, right, called Launch Control. I mean, you know, that has the platform there. We mail through a company called Evergreen. And, you know, we use for data, we're pulling data through a couple of different sources, PropStream and Smart. So now you, you need the addresses and you need to then skip trace them, right? So for, for the launch control, we pull the addresses for mail and then we have to skip trace them for launch control because you, you need the number, right? And we use a VA to do the skip tracing, right, Mike? Correct. Yeah, we outsource the VA to skip trace. We send the list to another VA to enter it into launch to send out the automatic text messages 
to that particular list. So it's just like kind of a blast. You can only spend a certain amount a day. And by the way, VA, for those that don't know, that stands for virtual assistant. Yes. So they're working from remotely. <laughs> I love it, Jason. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and what they're, they're a good way, again, in the beginning, if, if you need a little bit of help of a task that like, you know, it's like a five, six, seven dollar hour task that you, you can outsource and pay, believe it or not. And it, it's something very administrative and something somewhat easy. It will free up yourself, you know, to do the hundred dollar an hour or five hundred dollar an hour stuff that me and Jason feel like we're worth, you know, we're worth because because we started from the ground up. No, you know, but yeah. So, Jason, if you want to get into just the, the structure of the team and stuff like yeah. that, uh, that would be cool. Absolutely. So when a lead comes in. We actually have another VA that his specialty is to call. But recently, we actually took on an acquisitions manager, and he's doing the calling and going out on the appointments. Nice. So we've got a little team right now. And then also, we have some admin support that helps us with transaction coordination. And we have a listing coordinator that helps us with you know some of the running around, things like that. But it really takes a great team effort. For us at this point to make to keep the wheels going and to, just to be able to expand. But when you start, you're everything. Oh, yeah. And it, it's really important to get to know each of the roles, I think, so that you can relate to the individuals that you're hiring on, create the SOPs as well. Even if you have, like, you hire on eventually some experts in each space that's already been doing it and you tweak it a little bit here and there, have them create the SOPs. And then you want to go through it again. Brandon, what is an SOP for those that don't know? Yeah, exactly. So you're breaking down your standard operating procedures, right? And making sure that <laughs> it's funny because anybody out there that doesn't know, <laughs> it's like a little, a little side thing. Brandon, last boardroom, you know, I should know what that means, right? So I'm like, you know, everyone's talking about the SOP thing. I'm like, what's SOP? Yeah. I'm like, SLB? Like, yeah, what? yeah. Like, wait, one <laughs> like, question, <what>? guys. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the lingo, I mean, for people out there, I mean, that's just standard operating procedure, which I, which I know. And you, you need one. You need to have, and we're working on that too. And, and, and everything comes in stages, just like anything. And we've been doing this for three years. And I think that, you know, we could have got here a little faster if we were mentored a little bit more in the beginning. But because we're in this mentorship program with Kent, we feel like, you know, we'll hold accountable to each presentation we have to do. Okay, what did you do last time to get to, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I it's huge to have somebody or some kind of mentorship at driving you a little bit too, but that's kind of higher level stuff. I mean, you can start with nothing and yeah. make it here. Yeah. So let's just talk about the process for a second. You guys, you're getting the data from PropStream and Smart, sending it over to the VA, doing some skip tracing, and then sending it over to another VA that uploads it into the software, the CRM launch control as well. And then basically blasting it out. When the leads start coming in, who takes the calls? And do you guys have a call center or do you guys taking it yourself? And then going out to the appointment. Great question. Yeah, so we do utilize a few other telephone type services. One's yeah. called CallRail, and this oh, is so we can track which number is to which market. So we have a call number on the launch. So even though we're texting through launch, some people will actually dial it back. So when they dial it back, we know they're calling from the launch market. Mm. Okay. 
but then also on all of our mailings, depending in, in different lists, each one of them will have a dedicated number. So when they call those numbers, we have an answering service. It's called Pat Live. It's yeah. 24 seven answering service. And what happens is when that call comes in, our acquisitions teams, which includes our ISA, ourselves, and the acquisition manager will get an instant notification email and that actually gets zapped through a service called Zapier. Right what is that? Right. <laughs> right into follow up. Zapier from the Patriots, uh, Jason? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> See, now we're just having in house, like, screw around, having fun here, which I love. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's yeah. So yeah, this is great at the end of the day. And you guys have just got on a new guy that's kind of running out and handling these leads. I'm sure Mike, you're still kind of training him up a little bit, right? And making sure he can close. Yeah, we're both training him to it. And what yeah. we really kind of implemented now is we do a Zoom call. We got the two VAs on the acquisition nice. guy, Jason and I, 11 o'clock every day. We're on there. And I think it's just been great because it's like, okay, what's up? You know, what kind of questions you have. The cool thing about follow-up boss is we get to listen to the phone calls that they make. So, you know, if there's some things I'm like, you know, we can offer like guidance. So we're, we're teaching them as we're going along rather than just kind of anticipating it, you yeah. know? So yeah, that, that's been good. And, you know, staying on the same page with, with the people on your team is huge. Yeah. Fellas, talk to me for a second. When it comes down to the daily meetings, as well as you obviously making the time to listen to their calls and so forth, you know, the dedication to that, how beneficial or how crucial do you think those things are? Yeah, it's really a game changer because we're trying to improve. We're not there yet, 100%. Believe me, I don't think anyone ever is, right? But we're always just making little improvements. And sometimes we make big improvements, but some days it's like you feel like you're taking a step back. But we're always trying to stride and move forward. So when we get on these calls, we're able to identify some benefits and negatives of, of our systems and processes. And we're actually developing that as we go and we're improving it. So we'll have an after appointment analysis. We'll go over, hey, how that appointment went. We'll go yeah. over, listen to some of the calls. And this is actually something that is relatively new for us, but it's really, really been getting us moving, getting all the team together, getting congruent on everything and really just getting on the same page. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think start, building that that culture, right? It is so crucial, it's so necessary and needed and getting the questions answered, having everybody feel heard, accepted, like understood, right? All these things are crucial and you can also eliminate some of the issues and problems a heck of a lot sooner instead of letting it go a week, two weeks or or never getting addressed to begin with, right? So I, I think these things are very crucial for any person's success. Brandon, that's a great point because before we joined the boardroom and, and met you guys, and yeah. met, we actually hit a roadblock in our business and we felt stagnant for a while. And we, we know now not to do this, but we kind of like, what's going on? We didn't, we didn't take action, immediate action. And one of the things we learned is you've got to take a real good look at your current actual KPIs in real time and make adjustments quickly. You can't just sit around and like, now we might be even too quick. We're like, wait a minute, we didn't get any calls. What, what should we change the whole plan? Should we change? You know, we're, we're yeah. talking and we're looking at it like really, really closely and know when we should adjust or be a little bit patient. And you, you just start to get a feel for that type of stuff the more yeah. you do it. 
you know? Yeah, that's good. I love it. Man, there's so much power behind this. What are you guys looking to accomplish moving forward? Because now like you guys aren't going blind anymore, right? Like the stagnant feeling before and now that you're in a mastermind group, now that you're getting the education, you're getting like the proper things necessary. You're about to launch out into a, a new marketing channel with PPC. There's a lot of opportunities coming up. You guys have an excellent buyers list, even in today's market, you know, like how the hell are they doing it, right? I think, and and, you know, I'm going to speak on this, but Mike, I think might agree, but we're really pushing to get more rentals and we're taking every income channel, the brokerage income from the wholesaling and fix and flip income, moving that along. And we got a great story from just a single family, basically wholesale deal we did. That was a short term. It was, it happened to be a single family, but it was a rental when we bought it. What we did was we 1031 into that one family into a nine unit building with eight rentable garages. All right. Oh, man. Yeah. So, and then for about a year, we held onto that property, kind of stabilized it. Market helped us out. Take advantage when you yeah. can. Right. But obviously, you want to make sure you're going into something that cash flows. Yes. We then sold that in 1031 into our project we're doing now. We just closed on recently a 16 unit portfolio. And the way that's set up, it's actually four buildings and two of them are smaller, two two unit buildings and two six unit buildings. So our plan there is we're going to sell off the smaller ones and really have these remaining six units. And we're going to be able to 1031 from those two smaller ones into bigger. What's the goal on units on this, Mike? We're trying to get over 25 next time, right? From 30. Yeah, 32, so 30. Right? 30. Like, let's go big, baby. Always yeah. stay more, okay? You yeah. have a list, all right? That's right. But I wrote, Brent, for one deal, one, I mean, and this one. is, might not happen in someone's lifetime, but, you know, we were playing the game. So when you're playing the game, yeah. things happen, right? So, yeah. I mean, from one- Gotta play the game. That's the important part here. Get the hell off the bench, all right? Yeah. Just all right, because then you're on the bench. I don't know, no playing times, no no hoops, right? Yeah. But 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 from one deal that we wholesale, double closed on to to nine to sixteen to thirty, which is going to happen, hundred percent. Yeah. Damn right. way, that's two years. That's two and a half years. On right. I mean, overall, we're talking maybe two years, three yeah. years. Yeah. So it, yeah, it didn't yeah. quit one, but I mean, you know what? <laughs> we have to be there. I mean, yeah. and. and always some whoever says it's it's luck it's it's not i mean yeah you can get lucky scratching a scratch you get great but you know what you're probably gonna scratch a lot of them right so if you're scratching a lot of mailings and, and text message and houses then you're probably gonna get lucky on one of them yeah. right yeah yeah <laughs> we had, we had an analogy but i mean similar right no no it's exactly what it is i mean the odds are way better though than the scratch off so it's like you yeah. know you just got to play the game the deals oh. are out there but i i, I I, I like love it that you started off with very little to nothing and then, you know, with one flip turned it into what you have now. And what is the 16 unit cash flow, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I mean, it's not good right now. It's not okay, stabilized so yet. Yeah. It, it's not stabilized yet. And the, and the point is the price that we got it for, we have an interest only loan. There's yeah. always a planning process, right? So, I mean, so, we have so a- the long run, though, what is the pro forma? And I know it's a realistic pro forma versus like what you find on LoopNet type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with the portfolio, you know, if we decide to keep the whole package, which we're not going to, you know, I think we're probably close to like maybe a nine cap, 10 cap at the yeah. price we bought for, which is exceptionally well. But 
it's not really our long-term goal. We're going to sell it all off and try to, you know, double the amount of units. I love it. Hey, go big or go home. That's right. That's right. But most importantly, take action, dream big, and you'll see it unfold in front of your eyes in just a short number of years. You know, that's the power behind getting yourself in big rooms, thinking bigger, and really not feeling that stagnantness anymore, right? Like that painful feeling of like, shit, like, is this fulfilling or not? Are we doing something here? Are we making an impact? Are we helping people? I don't know. You yeah, know, once, well, sometimes, sometimes you do feel that sometimes, even though you're doing well, like you do have those down days. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you have to that's life. Out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's life. You have, uh, you know, luckily, uh, fortunate that Jason has a partner. I mean, yeah. you know, if I'm having a crappy day, you know, we're bullshit about something. And then, you know, it's like, oh, whatever. It is what it is. You know, yeah. bring, bring each other up and make it happen. That's all. Damn right. I love it. And Brandon, as you know, you have a great partner too, right? I got a life partner, business partner. We're locked in. So it's perfect. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) like what's funny behind that is that we're so opposite. And that's how typically like good partnerships work. But but it really comes down to like typically when it's my bad day, it's like her amazing day and vice versa. And that's how we like we're the yin and yang. Like we always pull each other up. And as long as we have the same goal, the same vision, and really know what the end looks like and the impact we're making, like we're dedicated to it. We're willing to put in the hard work because we know that there's going to be tough times with whatever we do, whether we're working for somebody else, doing you know Joe Blow work over here, or like actually doing something that's meaningful and, and impactful in the long run. So we're willing to put in the hard work today and in the future to really live how we want, with who we want, wherever we want, and and so much more and make the impact in so many other people's lives as well, just like you guys are. So, dude, I appreciate you guys greatly. I love your guys' energy as always. We always have a a blast together and you guys kicked our ass in beer pong a couple weeks ago. So I'm really still butthurt from that. But you always know, I'm not going to let up on that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love you guys, man. I appreciate you guys so much for jumping on here. You just gave an hour of your time. Anything that myself or the listeners could do to give back to you guys? Yeah, I mean, hey, if you want to hook up with us, you can find us both on Facebook or the socials, right? Yeah. Mike Weatherby, Jason Goldfarb. We're more than happy to message back and forth and help anyone out, give any good advice we can. One of the things that I think that we've been helped a lot and mentored is we like to help people and mentor people ourselves. And there's always someone starting at, at, you know, a step below you or even newer. And then there's always, you know, you can't compare. I think at the end of the day, you just have to really compete with yourself. Yeah. But it's good to do it with a group of people. And, you know, you're in this business for yourself, but not by yourself. Right. And I think that's how you really grow. It's more fun that way at the end of the day. Yeah. I totally agree with Jason. I'm 100% that you need to give back because, you know, you start somewhere and you're growing. So, I mean, we were taught, you know, might as well teach it down. I mean, and I think it's important to be around the right people, you know, just like your business too, be in the credit industry. Like whoever wants to get into that needs to be with you, you know, and and with guidance because that's what you do, right? So, you know, we, we do something and this business, you work with the credit. I mean, and you're the boss there. So you you make sure, you know, your listeners know that, you know, what you're doing and you've been very successful as well. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, you guys are rock stars. I love all the value you guys bring. I'm just so freaking excited that 
you guys aren't stagnant anymore like the past and you guys are ready and like you're well on track crushing it in all areas about to open up another marketing channel and um and just the value that you guys bring to the people that you're employing and and the impact that you're making nationwide it's awesome so appreciate you guys greatly guys if by all means reach out to both mike and jason it's a no-brainer they'll help put any little missing pieces that you need together and they're just amazing human beings in 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 general so um if you guys want to reach out to me and connect with me you can always do so on instagram it is brandon elliott investments otherwise facebook.com forward slash brandon elliott investor if you're looking to really get educated on credit i'm talking fixed credit very quickly but more importantly get several six figures in funding at zero percent interest personal and business be able to truly get four five hundred thousand in new lines of credit and do that every six months for yourself so that you can leverage it into true assets like real estate or really whatever is holding you back. Like if you have some goals and money is holding you back to get there, then allow us to show you how to do it with credit and uh, travel hacking, life insurance, so many different things that you can play around with. So with that being said, check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. You'll be able to watch our webinar where we dive into for about an hour, hour, 15 minutes, showing you exactly the full possibilities. But if you haven't already hit that subscribe button to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Love all the support as always. That five-star review means the world to us. Merry Christmas, guys. Love you all so much. Mike, Jason, you guys are the best. You guys are beasts. Keep crushing it. Stay blessed. Great one. All right. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.